0: back to Too Smart For This. It's me, Alexis, your host, and it is the last episode of 2022. Can you believe it? I mean, it's been such a wild ride. I've been enjoying experimenting and growing with the podcast over the last few months, and I have a lot in store for 2023. So I am settling in now because this episode is going to be a bit of a mixed bag. It's just all the things that I like wanted to do, but it's not necessarily like a self-development, self-care, inspo sermon like I've been doing recently. I wanted to share more of some advice. I'm going to do some Q&A, and then I'm going to share with you some of my favorite things of 2022 that I cannot live without that have helped me stay me and the things that have helped me level up this year and things that you can bring into your 2023 that I think like are 1000% necessary. So if you're new here, hi, I'm Alexis. I'm 24. I live in LA and I um, also go back to New York pretty often. So, you know, you can see me there. I work full-time in big tech. I also am a content creator and the host of this show, but I'm also an entrepreneur. I recently launched my own line of luxury bathrobes under my brand called Two Collective, which is also the you know, behind the scenes of this podcast. So, um, if you want to purchase for yourself a lovely, cozy robe that you can wear year round, honestly, anytime when it's cold, when you're home, whatever, um, that's going to help you feel luxurious and give you that sort of symbol of taking time back for yourself and avoiding burnout, that type of thing. This is the best thing to do and it's the most functional best robe on the market in my personal opinion because it does things that other robes never do. So it has adjustable sleeves so when you are washing your face or washing dishes, you don't get stuff all over you. It has an attached belt so it doesn't get you know lost in the washing machine. So if you want to shop it, you can use the code podcast15 for 15% off. Um, you can shop down below and please enjoy. So with that, I want to get into the Q&A for today. So, how to live the life you want without a high income and not go broke doing it when I'm not the best with money? Okay, that's a good question because... Two years ago i did not have a high income and i was still trying to live my best life so i want to give you some tangible tips um so first of all financially having a sort of framework that you use to decide how you're going to spend your money is the best thing to start with so i think of it this way the four pillars of financial success are one having a budget you got to figure your shit out um minimizing your expenses stuff like that and so First, you've got to like take inventory and look at your finances and decide where you're going to spend money and where you're not. The best book for this is called "I Will Teach You to Be Rich." It is such a good book. I met the author; he's an icon, a legend. Um, he's been on tons of different podcasts. I would recommend reading it and following the plan that they have in there, so you can automate your finances, so you don't feel that like financial pressure or stress that you have on yourself. So that's a really big one. Within that, the way you want to approach finances is building an emergency fund to. Start Start paying off debt and then investing in your future and investing in retirement. So, those things are really important. So, that book will give you a great overview of how to do that like automatically. So, it's really easy for you. But when it comes to living like the high end lifestyle that you want to live, it comes down to prioritization and being really smart with your money. So, I would prioritize what matters to you. So, For me, when I didn't have a super high income, things like getting my lashes and my nails done are the things that I actually sacrificed because I was like, I'd rather spend that money on going out to dinner in New York City and meeting friends. So I did press on nails and I like just like didn't care about my lashes. And that's how I like and so I had to prioritize in those ways. And so that's something that you might have to do. And so you have to just decide for yourself what matters and what doesn't matter. And a few other like tangible hacks for living like a high level lifestyle without breaking the bank are using subscription services. So I lived in rent the runway, newly fashion pass when I didn't have a disposable clothing income. Now that I'm an influencer, it's a write off when I buy clothes because I'm sharing them with you all. And I also get sent so much clothing that like it's just different. Don't compare yourself to me because Influencers consume at a much higher rate. But what I would say is one, you can, u- I would use Rent the Runway, and I still, honestly, in the winter use Rent the Runway for the coats, like great coats, love it. Rent the Runway, newly, like those types of things. Additionally, I recently found out that Class Pass is a great way to have a subscription service where you can get facials, you can get massages, you can get you can get your nails done, you can get pedicures, that type of thing, all through ClassPass. So that's another hack I would use if you want to have those little things and ways to treat yourself without breaking the bank. And so another way I do this like with designer bags is I rent through Vivrell, which is $99 a month, which is way less than having a designer bag. And um, I still do that. I only buy designer bags that I think are extremely classic or that I'm really obsessed with, like my um, YSL Riv Ghost Tote. That's been on my list since I was like 16 years old. Like I'm literally obsessed with it and I use it every day. Um, And the only other bags I would probably invest in right now are those from my top few favorite brands. So like I would buy a Chanel bag because it appreciates in value. You don't need to know my story about buying designer bags. Let me move on. Anyway, I would say using those things to your disposal to feel like you are living that life will also just help you like get excited about earning more so i think that's a good place to start take inventory of your finances get them all in check and then use subscription services to treat yourself that's what i did and then i just started making more money through my side hustle how do you stay disciplined to stick to your am pm routines so this is a good question i feel like staying disciplined is I don't consider myself a disciplined person. In fact, I consider myself pretty inconsistent. I consider myself pretty like, I don't know, like I don't consider myself disciplined. It's actually something that I feel like I have to work on mentally. Um, but what I recently realized is that when you have a goal or something you're looking working towards... The split second of thinking about that goal should be enough to motivate you. Otherwise, it's not really something that you want, and that's where you need to be dedicating your time and resources. So for example, I, um, ha- I stay disciplined and I wake up early every morning because I know that when I don't do that, I don't have enough mental space for myself. I feel overwhelmed. I feel sad. I feel like I just can't do everything I want to do because I don't. Wouldn't have time for myself in the morning. And so when I wake up and I see that 5 a.m. and I'm like, oh, but my bed is so warm. What I can immediately think about like when it's 8 a.m. and I have to jump into a meeting, if I only have 10 minutes before that, how it's going to ruin my whole day. And you can only know that you can only understand that when you've experienced the other side, when you've experienced the sad part or the frustrating part of when you did stay in bed for too long and then you woke up and you had a horrible day because you didn't have your morning routine. So if you experience those things, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just to be better to be honest with yourself and be like, oh, yeah, I got to get up. Otherwise I am not going to have a good day. You know what I mean? So it's about figuring that out. The other part of it is having sustainable routines that are meant for you. Something with my night routine that's important to me is showering before dinner to do my skincare and then watching TV, putting my phone away, cleaning, all that type of thing. The showering before dinner and doing skincare is helps me stay disciplined because I don't like to do anything after I eat. After I eat, I like to lay there and do nothing. Like I will not do my skincare routine and I will not have beautiful glowing skin if I took on somebody else's night routine, which is showering 10 minutes before bed. You know what I mean? So create sustainable routines that work for you, not routines that you feel like are a hassle to stay disciplined with. Do you share about MS at work? Any tips on navigating this? So if you all know, uh, if you all don't know, I have MS, multiple sclerosis. It's an autoimmune disease. I do share about it at work because I have to take so much time off to go to different doctor's appointments every so often. So they know about it. Um, the thing is, my disease hasn't progressed to be at a place where it compromises my work at all. So I just tell people that. And like, sometimes I need to take a sick day because I'm having shooting pains. And they'll be like, Cool so i'm just pretty upfront with it i think that might just be because i'm like young and i've had it since i was 15 so it's always been a part of my adult life but i understand when people don't want to share about their diseases at work because i think it makes sense like A lot of people get judged for that. And I'm lucky enough to have a pretty like safe work environment where I can talk about those things. And another girl on my team also has Crohn's disease. So she understands and she's like had to like take medical leave in the past and stuff like that. So my manager had had experience with that and wasn't really worried about it. So I have done it. But if you choose not to share it at work, I would definitely respect that, especially if you're in an environment that's really like, like a little more like stuffy and traditional, but I would say tips on it are to just be very clear about what you do and don't need. So for me, I would be like every six months, I have a month where there's like three MRIs, infusion, blood work, all this stuff. So I'm not always present those months. So I have to just tell my manager, like this is what's happening this month, just letting you know so that it doesn't become a situation where you're he's like, oh, you're taking all this time off and it's uncomfortable. Just got to be honest about it, and that's the most important thing. What are your biggest lessons learned this year? Ooh, girl. One, I think my biggest lesson is I I can do it on my own, and I've got to take responsibility for my life. I feel like I, at the beginning of this year, was really, even though I thought I wasn't, I was very concerned with like how I would appear to people around me, and I wanted to Gain legitimacy from external sources instead of recognizing that I had the legitimacy, the intelligence, and the capabilities within myself. And that was a hard lesson to learn that I can't look outward for external, or I can't look outward for validation or for the resources that I want. I have to look inward. And that was something I feel like at the beginning of the year, I was still even preaching that like, fuck external validation. Like I'm off that, you know, but I think I still was struggling with it in a different realm. Like with social media, I was still struggling with it at my job in my corporate world and in my friendships and in my personal relationships. I don't seek external validation. Like at my corporate job, I know I'm good at my shit, so I don't care what people say about me because I'm very confident in my abilities. And in my um, relationship, I'm confident in that. In my friendships, I'm confident in those. I can be myself. But when it came to social media, this year was really hard for me because there would be people saying things about me that were completely untrue. There would be people making these like uh, creating these opinions and these narratives about me that were false just to make themselves feel better. And I wanted to, I wanted to, to like shake everyone and be like, I am not this person that you're creating me to be. But what I recognize is like, I can't please everyone. I'm not going to be perfect to everyone. I'm going, people are not going to like me and I have to accept that. And I also can't keep going back to these people and expecting them to like me now oh because of this and also why do you want these people to like you i mean like something that i think about is like there's people who spend all their their days online like talking shit about influencers because it's like fun for them if that's something that you do on a day-to-day basis i don't want you to like me i don't want you to think i'm cool or interesting and funny because you spend your life tearing strangers down on the internet like And that was something I had to really come to terms with is like, girl, you want all this external validation, but if you ask for it from the wrong places, you will morph into something that you don't want to be. So as long as you're being true to yourself and, and as long as I'm staying honest with myself about what I want and what I'm putting out and that I have good intentions, that's what matters. When I fucked up this year and when things didn't go my way, it was because I was not acting from a place of positive intention. And it was because I wasn't acting from a place of clarity or, you know, wanting to put good into the world. I, it was because it was in those moments when I made the worst decisions is when I was seeking external validation. And that's something, that's the biggest lesson I've learned this year. Okay. Next part is hardest part of being a content creator. Hardest part of being a content creator is that, um, is that like one part of like people like making assumptions about you that aren't true or making up narratives about you that are false. But the other hardest part of it is having to be consistent. Like I said earlier, I don't consider myself a consistent person. I think creativity is not linear. It's not consistent. And this past quarter, I think since October, I haven't felt inspired or excited about using TikTok, which is my most like followed platform. It's just not fun for me anymore. And I don't want to do things that aren't fun for me. But it's really hard to separate things not being fun for me anymore and... An income that I previously had from TikTok or that I still have from TikTok and my engagement not being great on there and not being excited about creating any content on there. Because I honestly just like, it's just not, I'm just not having fun. Like, and the fact that like, I would have to be consistent on there to continue making money on there is frustrating because I don't want to do things that aren't fun for me. And that's not to say I'll never be active and consistent on TikTok or in short form video period ever again. It just means like, I wasn't having fun so I stopped and like I had to reckon with the fact that that might mean that I have less money. And that's why I am so grateful that I kept my full-time job and that I kept a career in something like at YouTube because I am so grateful that like it doesn't have to define my Every day, and I am not, it's not like whether or not I can pay my bills, but it did get a little dicey when it came to launching the robes because I didn't want to post on TikTok. I don't want to be consistent. I, I'm just not having it over there right now, but. I have to pay bills and I use all of my influencer income from this year to put into launching my robe business. And so when I have to pay contractors or buy inventory and my brand deals are looking a little less, you know, intense than others, that's when it feels frustrating. And so I've learned that I want to avoid putting that financial pressure on myself because it really, really does mess with me mentally and having pressure on myself and especially in something as sensitive as finances for me is really not a good recipe for success. So that's also something I've learned. Um, and that's probably the hardest thing I'd say about being a content creator. As you've grown on social media, do you think you are more private? I think I'm pretty vulnerable. and pretty honest with you guys about the things that other people might not be like growing up without money and having a chronic illness and that type of thing. But it does make me want to be more private because I feel like sometimes, and I heard someone talk about this on TikTok recently too, like as a black woman, when you share your insecurities with people on the internet, almost always they will turn around and use it against you. And so I'm going to be real, real with you guys right now and really vulnerable when I one at one point in time and like over the summer, so like six months ago, obviously I've used this platform for, to talk about my insecurities and how I've struggled with receiving external, with relying too much on external validation as a result of my childhood trauma of growing up in poverty and needing external validation to get out of that. And when I shared that with people, I, it helped a lot of people, but at one point there was a time when i saw someone say about me that like like was basically using that against me to talk shit about why i was a bad person and why i'm a mean girl or say all these things and that really hurt me because i don't want when i come on here and share the honest raw shit that like is very difficult to talk about for that to be used against me to just like make someone else it to when someone else is like projecting their feelings or whatever onto me, that's just not comfortable for me. So it does make me want to share less. I don't think I'm necessarily more private about things because I've been pretty open and honest about everything, including like my salary, but I am a little less myself. I don't think I'm as funny. I If you talk to me in real life, I don't think you would. I think like I appear very polished on the internet and that's intentional. Because if I appeared as my full self, which is like funny and goofy sometimes, I think that people would take issue with it. Um, And people have. I mean, I remember just like being honest about just existing over the summer. I would have people who were really frustrated with how I showed up online with money and be like, you need to humble yourself. But I don't brag about money. Being transparent and telling you all what my salary was is not bragging about money. It's just being honest. And I'm trying to put people on. You know what I mean? So I think I've gotten, I'm I'm less myself because I don't want to be judged, but I'm trying to change that in 2023. What content can we hope to see from you next year? So in 2023, the podcast is major. We're focusing on growing the podcast. So if you love it, please share it with people you love. Um I also am doing a little bit more about business. I started sharing with you guys the behind the scenes of like how I started my business a few months ago in September, but after as I've launched, I've kept that a little more private because um I don't want you all to see me making mistakes in real time and then that impacts your choice on whether or not to buy the robe. So in 2023 I'm going to share more about what i learned from launching and what i wouldn't do again what i would do again and things about like you know starting a business so you can expect to see more of that and then i don't really know like i want to be way more into youtube and instagram i'm so tired of tiktok i don't like it on there um but i do really want to grow my youtube community because it's my favorite i feel the I have the most fun when I'm creating YouTube content and when I'm creating podcast content. And I really want to be an aesthetic, cool Instagram girly. So please support me on the gram. How to get over having the ick for your best friend's boyfriend. Ah, girl. You are not going to get over it. Like she's going to keep dating him and it's going to suck. And you, like she has to figure it out. Just make sure that you can have your own solo time with her and that you don't have or her or him. I don't know. Make sure you have your own solo time with them so that you can help them, help them maintain their sense of self by staying, hanging out with you, letting them talk to you. And then also make sure that like you are not imposing your beliefs on them because that never, ever works. Like when you tell them, when you impose your relationship advice or beliefs on your friend, They will never, they like seldom ever really listen to you. They're experiencing something completely different mentally. So you have to continue to like understand that they're not going to change for that. What you can do is continue to support your friend and love them. And hopefully if you have the right idea, which you probably do, because the best friend always does, when they end their relationship, be there for them instead of being like, I told you so. Because that never really works. But I would just say like, men are trash. It's hard to find a good one. And a lot of people are really concerned with like having a relationship. And when they get in one, one of their biggest fears is that their friends are going to judge them. So it's important to like not judge them, but to be like, I didn't really fuck with that. And you know, I didn't really fuck with that. So like, let's spend time alone together. Let's talk about it. And But like just being a good listener is the best thing you can do and always spending time with them. Um, making sure you can spend time with them alone is really going to help both of you maintain your friendship and your sense of self. Okay. So that was 20 minutes of Q&A, which was fun for me. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you loved it. Oh, another little thing. I don't know if I'm ready to announce this yet, but no, I'm not. So we won't talk about it yet. Okay. So anyway, I am going to jump into my favorite things of 2023 now, or 2022. I keep saying 2023. So it's like, that's all I can, I feel like it is 2023 already. So Crazy. So let's talk about my favorite things. We are going to start with. Oh, what should we start with? Should we start with skincare? No, I feel like you guys. Okay, let's start with like my favorite, like everyday things that like really changed my life. And I'm going to actually add like a financial category because I've grown so much financially over the last year. I think like in 2021, I shared a lot more about finances because it was my first year of like making a salary that was six figures from my job. And I had started gaining brand deals and stuff. But this year I like, like really jumped into it. And so here are a few of my favorites. The first is um, using credit cards to your advantage. So I have a very unique experience with credit. Maybe I'll do a whole episode on this, but my credit was ruined by the time I was 18. I had to figure it out how to to do it all by myself. I went from a 400 credit score to now a 740, I think. Um, And I didn't have good credit cards before this year so last year i was doing everything like cash flow like i was doing like debit cards and i what i did then when i didn't have good credit cards was i had one account just for my spending and one account for my like saving bills etc um and then one account for sinking funds so that's things that you know you're gonna have to pay for but that you um don't have to pay for now. So it's like Christmas presents. I would deposit a little bit in there anytime I knew I was going to have to pay for Christmas presents. That kind of all went out the window um, when I got credit cards. I want to share like the two that have like helped me the most. So I got the Chase Sapphire Preferred, I believe, in the end of 2021. And I started putting all my personal expenses on that. I really liked the card because of all like the cash back opportunities. And I think everyone should have a Chase or like a Capital One, like any Visa card, because when you travel internationally, more places take Visa than Amex. The other card I got was the Amex Platinum card, and this is the one that I got the most like benefits out of. Um, and I think it can be compared to the Chase Sapphire Reserve or the capital one venture X card because of all the benefits. But the reason I like Amex the most is because it has really, really amazing hotel benefits. So over the course of the last year, I've been lucky enough to stay in luxury hotels and that's helped in part by my Amex because you get specific deals. They have a, um, rate match. So like for example, when Jeff and I went to the Dominican Republic for our anniversary trip earlier this year, um, when we booked with Amex, there was actually a better rate on another site. So we just booked it with Amex and then called them and they gave us the best rate. And included in that Amex booking is things like you get guaranteed early check-in and and late check-out. So we can check into hotels at 11am and leave at 4pm, which is a huge game changer. You get a $100 onsite credit usually to use at the hotel, you get like tons of other just like small little things, you get free breakfast up to $60 per person every day. It's like, it just made a lot of sense. And as someone who wants to really prioritize travel in 2023, I feel like it's such a good card. And so anyone who's like, into travel, I would highly recommend that. So I just, I've just been thinking about it because I'm going on a trip next week and thinking about how like booking it with Amex was so easy and how it just helps me like prioritize travel because that's something that's really important to me. Then um so those two like little financial things. I also started investing with Elevest this year. Um Elevest is a woman-owned, woman-operated investing platform and you can put your money in there. It's an investment account and it's invested by women and women have better investment returns than men. Fun fact. So I've enjoyed that um and I make it really easy for myself. I really don't like to think about money. I think it's something that I still have a lot of like trauma with. And I feel like when I think about money, sometimes it, I just get really overwhelmed. So having something like L of S, where I just like have it deposited and don't have to think about it is really nice. Okay. Moving on to other lifestyle things that have really changed my life. One is the superhuman app. So superhuman is um, an app by Mimi Bouchard. I wasn't like a follower of Mimi Bouchard. I just heard things about, I heard about the walking meditations and from For me, sitting down and meditating is very uncomfortable. I feel like I process things through movement. So going on long walks and having that and still being able to, quote, meditate was really, really cathartic for me. So I highly would recommend that for anyone who wants to get into meditation. They also have pep talks on there. Like it is 1 million percent worth the money. I use it every day and I have since September no, since August when I started downloading it. So for months, it's been a part of my routine and I really love it. Another thing is the Channy app. I love the Channy app. Um, it's an astrology app for all my girls who love astrology. It's also an app I pay for. I Those are probably the only two apps I pay for. That and the Alive app, um, which is a workout app by Whitney Simmons, which I love. So those are the three apps I pay for, but the Channy app, if you are getting into astrology, I think it's the most user-friendly app. It gives you a weekly reading so you can expect, you can figure out what to expect for the week. It gives you a daily horoscope to tell you what to expect for the day. It has your whole birth chart on there and it also has meditations and pep talks as well. So I truly am obsessed with it. Such a good app. I literally like live with it. The other little lifestyle change I've made that I've talked to you guys about on the pod as well is Pinterest. So using Pinterest instead of scrolling through Instagram or TikTok has been really great for me because it's just a place of pure positivity and dreamland. And I don't feel the same pressure when I'm on Pinterest because I don't know these people, Um, but I feel like way more excited when I'm on Pinterest. So that's something that if you haven't like started a Pinterest. Like I remember starting it. I felt like my feed wasn't really curated to me. So once I spent a little bit of time on it, it really started making a change and I really enjoyed it. So just, you know, dabble in it, see what you think, see what you like. Okay, now we'll jump in. So I think that's all of my like lifestyle things. Obviously Notion. I love my Notion. Um, I love my notes app. Love writing things down. Those are probably the big ones. So now I think we will move into skincare. So skincare-wise, and I'll put pics up so you can see what they all look like. But skincare-wise, things that I've been loving are, one, the anything Laneige. Laneige is my new bitch. I'm obsessed with her. Huge fan. Um, Laneige face moisturizers, the nighttime water mask, and the, like, Hydro Bank one. I'm obsessed with I got everyone for Christmas. I love them. I just feel like as someone with really dry skin, it really moisturizes and nourishes my skin. So I'm really obsessed with Laneige. I also put them on my lips every single night and I always have one with me. Like I just love Laneige. Also Black Girl Sunscreen. So I love Black Girl Sunscreen. I've been using it for years now. The best part about it is that I feel like it's creamy enough that you don't need to put a moisturizer on and and then put sunscreen on i'm lazy i love skincare and i love having pretty skin but i am very impatient like i got things to do i got places to be i got things to go to so i don't like having to put on a moisturizer and then a sunscreen on top i prefer the black girl sunscreen because i feel like it acts as both and that's why i use it so much so a uh, huge plug i'm obsessed please use it next up for skincare is good molecule. So this is a very affordable brand. I think it's like 5 to 10 dollars like per item and it's been my go-to. I get sent lots of expensive skincare. I usually give it away to you guys. I feel like it's just the most consistent for me. So the two things I use every day are their hyaluronic acid serum and their discoloration serum. I use those both morning and night and I think they've both made a really big impact on my skin and they're really affordable and I'm just a fan, so keep going with that. Love to see it. Moving on to makeup, it hasn't changed too much. I use pretty much the same makeup, but I did order a bunch of makeup um, in the Sephora sale after I got my makeup professionally done a few times, but I sent it to my New York apartment So I haven't been able to really experiment with it and give you my full thoughts But overall you all already know I love my NARS My NARS radiant long foundation and my NARS light reflecting one both of them. I combine them or I feel like I'm more inclined to typically go to the long wear because it lasts longer and it's more full coverage, but I like to mix them on days when I'm like feeling myself. And then investing in getting my lashes done. I think if you all asked me to take away all of my beauty treatments, but one, I would continue to get my lashes done. It just makes me feel so much more beautiful and I love that so much, so love that. Other favorites for my life, Clothing-wise, I feel like the biggest things for me are like, I think that, okay, let me actually be honest with you about clothing. I feel like I've been living in sweatsets and activewear from like Aloe and Lululemon because they're the highest quality and that's what I prefer. And I also love my good American jeans and sneakers, but I'm not loving fashion right now. So I think that's something we'll explore in 2023. And of course, I can't forget the Too Cozy robe. Go shop it. Love you all so much. And let me know what you want to hear in 2023. For 2023, we will be switching to doing um, guest episodes for the majority of the month. And then every month, we will have a solo episode where I'll dive into my favorites, things I'm loving, and any topics that you're interested in. So let me know what topics you think those are. Subscribe to us everywhere. Leave us a review. It helps the show so much. And I'll see you next year. Don't forget that you are too smart to not love yourself.